0: Hello nerds and welcome to today's episode. I don't know about you, but in my humble opinion, there are those certain types of books that you just have to read during a specific weather. On a rainy days, curling up somewhere in your room, whether it be on the floor or beneath a dozen blankets, a crime story can brighten the entire day. Not really. Obviously, reading a certain book isn't gonna make the sun come out, but You know what I mean. It can change your reading experience drastically and during those disgustingly hot days right now, with a few rainy weeks in between, I love reading fantasy and fiction. As I'm writing this, it's raining a lot and rain is just the perfect weather for this. I hope I can finish this before the rain stops. Anyway, let me tell you about them of those books. First, Jules Verne. writing style is just so beautiful. (laughs) The way he describes things, he really knew how to use words. And in combination with a nice and sunny weather, his novels like Journey to the Center of the Earth give you a warm feeling. The book is about a Professor Liedenbrock. He's a German scientist who believes that there are volcanic tubes that reach to the center of the Earth decides to take a look and takes his not-exactly-excited nephew Axel with him to Iceland, where they hire the guide Hans. Together they travel overland to the base of the inactive volcano Snævelsjökull, I hope that I pronounced that at least a little bit correctly, in order to find a way to the center of the earth, as you could probably guess from the title. They encounter many different adventures, Get lost and see some fascinating things. That's one of my favorite books of his. I actually read it in German and the translator made me fall in love with the German language even more. (laughs) I didn't know that there were so many beautiful German words and that is my native language. I'm amazed at the talent of some people. Moving on. Another of his books that I can and will highly recommend is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The story takes place in the year 1866, where there are many reports of a mysterious sea monster. Not Nessie, though, unfortunately. An expedition is assembled to fight and kill a monster, cause that's what you do, chase and kill first, asking questions, is optional. And leaving it alone is entirely impossible. Alright, this sea monster does attack boats, but come on, let's just stay away from the ocean and its inhabitants. Anyway, for this expedition, our narrator of the story, a French marine biologist, gets an invitation to join the journey. Well, luckily he did. Otherwise, it would have been an entirely different story. A servant and a master harpooner, who are also important in the story, otherwise I wouldn't have mentioned them, also get to join. Along the journey they have many little adventures. It was a fun and relaxing read, even though there is something I do not understand. How do people even go anywhere near the ocean? We know that there are animals, plants and water. Do we need to know more? The ocean is the scariest thing that I do not wish to ever encounter. Let's just not discover more sea creatures that haunt your dreams. And by dreams, I mean nightmares. Another of his books that I loved is Around the World in 80 Days. Just like with the other titles, you can guess what this story is going to be about and be most likely right about it. Flea's Fogg is our main character here. He does not like breaking his routine and he even fired someone after they brought him shaving water 2 degrees too cold. Which is understandable. His social life is not really a social life at all. He is in a reform club though, where he, with the members, after being told that it is impossible bets that it is indeed possible to travel around the world in 80 days. Well. Who would have thought that the book was going to be about a guy attempting to go around the world in 80 days? I certainly did not and was absolutely astonished. I'm just joking, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. He meets many new people on his journey and sees a lot of new things. Of course, to make his story more gripping, our main character gets into a situation that could make him lose the bet. Will he make it? Or will he not? We'll see. By the way the book came out in 1872 so he couldn't just hop on a plane to get around the world. All in all I greatly enjoyed reading those three books while I was being cooked by the Sun even though I was in the shadows. Another author whose work I love reading during summer is Iron Manja. I'm gonna start with the notable brain of Maximilian Ponder. This is about Maximilian Ponder who, after he turned 21, isolated himself. I'd really love to do that too, and just read the entire day for the rest of my life. Sounds amazing. Anyway, being secluded, he doesn't notice what's happening on the outside and he starts to obsessively categorize all his memories, everything that he has ever experienced, at least the things he remembers. His best friend Adam last brings him groceries and prevents others to disturb him since Max doesn't want to get any more new information and more new memories. Adam visiting him occasionally is almost too much already, which makes being his friend hard, especially when Max asks something of Adam later on. Something that breaks your heart reading it. Throughout the book you get to see a few glimpses of the past how they met, what they experienced, and how their friendship came to be. I love the writing style a lot. Ironmonger really knows how to make you feel emotions and you're gonna end this story with a heavy heart and tears in your eyes. At least I did. You know, I started reading this book expecting to laugh a lot just because the story is a funny concept. Instead, it gave me lots of pain and I ended up with tears rushing down my face. Worth it though, definitely. Another of his works that I have read, I probably won't talk about books that I haven't read yet, I mean, what would be the point? It's not forgetting the whale. This book is basically about people working together for once to achieve something. Doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately. It starts with a young man washing up on the sands of St. Piran in Cornwall. He gets a warm welcome by the villagers and he becomes pretty good friends with one or the other. However, the villagers don't know that this man, Joe Hawk, fled the city fearing that some people are looking for him to punish him for a mistake he may have done. So he is basically hiding in this village while also preparing for a crisis that's about to happen cause hiding from his mistakes wasn't enough. I'm also having a crisis cause it stopped raining. Now people screaming on the streets are my lovely background music. Great! Next, The Coincidence Authority. This story is about two people. Thomas Post is an expert in coincidence. People visit him, tell him strange things that happened and he gives them a logical explanation why all this happened and he gets paid for it. Great! Azalea Lewis's life has been greatly impacted by coincidences. Wanting to find and understand the patterns, she goes to meet Thomas. Together they go through her life to explain and try to find a reason behind those particular coincidences. Is there another word for coincidence? Yes, probably, but I'm too lazy to look it up, so sorry. (laughs) Anyway, although the book gets a little slow in the end, I loved it. The best parts, in my opinion, were those where you read more about Azalea and also about her mother. The only thing I didn't like was the romance. That was a little much, but other than that, it was a great story. Aaron Monger wrote a 4th book, which came out a few months ago, and I still haven't read it. I'm an awful human being. I'm gonna read it and then I'll tell you a little bit about it. I have finished it! The book is separated into 3 parts. There is actually a 4th part, but I like to think it doesn't exist. More to that later. This book followed three women through their lives. All three of them lived during entirely different time periods. However, they are all bound together by their shared memories. For the memories get inherited from mother to daughter. One of these women is Marianne, during 1812 in France. She grew up with nuns, then her mother got murdered during the French Revolution. When she started to get her mom's memories, she also remembered her murder, and now she's filled with vengeance. Almost 200 years later, Katya Nemtsova is born. She grew up on a farm with her dad and her granddad in Czechoslovakia, through the Prague Spring in 1968. While the farm and the other people there are very dear to her, she longs to escape to the west, together with her family. Another few years later, Hayley Hajek is born in London. Historic place plays in 2061 and the world has changed a lot. She is kind of stuck in Britain and she wants to get out but to do that she has to undergo some stressful measures in order to leave. I found the lives of these women quite fascinating to read while also getting some information about the events that occurred during this time. Reading about Katja's life on the farm with her family was my favorite part, even though there came a lot of trouble later on as she got older. Also, she grew up in Czech Republic, and I'm actually trying desperately to learn this language at the moment. The grammar, it's killing me. But it's fun. And stressful. Anyway. Maybe I'll be able to kind of talk fluently once I've retired. I'll keep you updated. Now, a few words to the ending of the book. The ending of the third part was absolutely beautiful. It was sad, but it gave you a sense of comfort at the same time. A perfect ending for a book like this. And that is why the fourth part, which merely has around 15 pages, doesn't exist to me. Reading this fourth part felt like reading a completely different story, especially after the ending of the third part. It seemed too far-fetched and out of place, but luckily it's not too relevant, at least in my opinion, so it's alright to pretend it doesn't exist. Other than that, I enjoyed it thoroughly and it's now one of my favorite books along with hundreds of others. I'm, I'm in desperate need of a new bookshelf. And I need more books. Who doesn't, though? As soon as I get back home, I'll order my books. Probably, by the time this is uploaded, should I somehow manage to do that, I will have ordered new books. Hopefully. Anyway, that's it. That's the podcast, so... Thank you for listening, you, whoever you are, whether you're the demon from under my bed or the goblin in the attic I don't have. Maybe I'm just speaking into the void. Regardless, I'm gonna end this episode here and next week, uh, no, wait, next month, there's gonna be another one where I'll talk about books with dragons. Bye.